Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 31 of Pigskins and Nylon, brought to you by TabEase.com, the best Delta 8 edible on the market. Hayden and Casey join me once again from Ohio to break down the week 7 games, but first let's say hello to the boys. How was your guys' weekend? It's crazy to me that this is in the morning and we have a London game going on at this point. But anyways, so what have you guys been up to? Not a whole lot for me here, Wally. Nice, relaxing weekend. The team got the dub on Friday. Uh, offensively, we did not perform very well. We But a win's a win. Eight to nothing over a team that I thought we were going to blow out. But rivalry week this week, playing on a Thursday night. Pretty excited for that. Yesterday, uh, I felt like all the games were very interesting. Uh, even outside of the Big Ten, um, it, it was just kind of a nice, relaxing weekend so far. Well, congrats to you on the win. I know it wasn't as pretty as you would have liked it to be, but it's like you said, we're on to East now. So good luck to you, man. We'll go over to Hayden now. What's been going on in your world, buddy? With no Buckeyes football this weekend, I have to imagine you had a bit more of a relaxing weekend than normal, no? Yeah, uh, Saturday was one of the most easygoing days I've had in a while. It was really nice. I sat on the couch and I watched football from 12 o'clock all the way until about uh, 12.30. So I got over 12 hours in, which was really nice. There were some crazy games going on. I, I feel like everything was kind of backwards on Saturday, especially the Big Ten was weird. Big Ten was weird. I'm glad Ohio State did not play yesterday because something would have happened, which would not have been good. But I you know, I watched Georgia. Georgia looks real good. I stayed up and watched the ending of the Tennessee Ole Miss game and that was uh that was chaos there at the end. Golf balls are being thrown at Lane Kiffin. That was pretty nuts. But overall just just a good Saturday. There's pretty good pretty good games going on. Crazy thing. Two touchbacks as teams are going into the end zone this week, which you don't see very often at all, but to see two and one Saturday, which was uh, was uh, pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy Saturday, and we will get into it here, or at least from the Big Ten's perspective. But I guess we should also have seen this coming because it feels a lot like 2007 all over again. You get that number two ranking, and it's the kiss of death. So poor Iowa for in that respect. But we'll jump right into our games now. Michigan State traveled to Bloomington and beat the Hoosiers 20-15. to For quite a while in this game, I truthfully thought that Indiana might be able to pull this game out. We know that didn't happen. But while Michigan State is very balanced, you can tell there are times that they have no sense of creativity in them, offensively at least, and we'll see them get stifled for long periods of time. We'll start with you, Casey. Does this game raise any red flags for you about the Spartans? Because this is the second time now. We've seen this offense completely disappear in a game. Yeah, I think it does kind of raise some questions with Michigan State. You were you were spot on there. I think their offense is very vanilla, you know. And when and when they meet somebody that is a, a quality opponent on the defensive side of the ball, it seems like they can't really execute as well. I would say, but I mean overall, I I I feel the opposite. I really did not think that Indiana stood that great of a chance of winning even though the game was close just because man their their quarterback play is just so bad they weren't stretching the ball down the field they were getting lucky with a couple PIs 
that I felt could have gone either way or not been called. It kind of reminded me of the offense that Indiana ran last year, specifically against Michigan. I remember that. They took shots downfield and got a bunch of P.I. calls there, too. But, yeah, I mean, definitely raises some question. They turned the ball over twice. They had 12 penalties. They they can't do that in two weeks when they play Michigan. Aiden, we'll go to you now. First, what are your thoughts on the Spartans? Are the red flags warranted? But then additionally, Indiana's nightmare season continues. And I want your thoughts on this as well, Casey. But you're right. The quarterback play has held this team back all year. You can see the difference from last year, especially when you think they probably would have been a 10-win team if they played a normal season length. And now they're fighting simply to get six wins for that bowl eligibility. So that's enough from me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the most alarming thing for Michigan State is they didn't do much. I mean, they were losing that game until they, Indiana threw a pick six. Outside of that, their offense still didn't do much. And Indiana's defense is okay. I guess they're the reason they were competitive in this game because that offense is horrible. But uh, it, it's only going to get tougher for Michigan State. And I think Indiana laid out a nice little blueprint for Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, you know, down the back stretch uh, for how to slow down this Michigan State offense. Kenneth Walker, pretty much, I know he was a long set anyway, but any chance of him being in the Heisman thing, I think, is kind of gone. He only had 84 yards, didn't score. He would have to go absolutely bananas the last five games to still be in consideration. Indiana, those those the red zone woes, I'll say, is is just crazy. Like they cannot score a touchdown. I mean, they did once. It was their first touchdown in the red zone in Big Ten play. I think unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know how you expect to win any games if you're just kicking field goals all day. I don't know the status. I don't know when. Penix Jr. is going to be back. I don't know if he'll be back. Is he coming back next week? It doesn't seem like it'll make that much of a difference because this offense is just just limited right now. They have a nice weapon. I like Ty Freifogel. I think he's a good receiver. But you have to be able to get him the ball. And he had seven catches yesterday, but for 65 yards. Uh, outside of that, they, they can't do anything. So I, I have a feeling it's going to continue for Indiana this year. Casey. Hayden just said it, but this defense deserves so much better than what they've been getting from the Hoosier offense. Where does Indiana have to go from here? Yeah, that's one thing that I was going to mention really quick was I was kind of impressed with Indiana's defense. Watching that game, it felt like they were flying around. Man, Micah McFadden is a really fun player to watch. But, man, these offensive woes, I just – they can't run the ball very well. They're they're not – they just don't have that. I think, Wally, you mentioned it before, Watt failure, that little slot guy that they can always rely on, on, you know, the third and five, third and six, third and seven range. And, you know, and it's he wasn't as big of an impact as Freifogel was last year, but I really think that we're seeing the um, overall impact that he had. Where they go from here, man, gosh, you, you host Ohio State, uh, at a night game next week, you hope to keep that thing close, man. I I do not know why this is the primetime game. That game is going to get ugly, in my opinion. We will go to our next game now. But if you have an Indiana friend, give that poor bastard a hug. Our next game, Nebraska went up to Minnesota, and all three of us 
Hayden, you asked last episode about how we do when all three of us agree on a pick. I went back and did the math. It was a bit of an underwhelming find. Going into this week, we have collectively gone 25 and 22 in games we all picked a certain team to cover. Money line, over-unders, etc. So I suppose that could be worse. But let's get into this game at any rate. Nebraska goes to Minnesota, and credit to the Golden Gophers. Every time we try to count this team out, I mean, two weeks ago, we were ready to annex this team from the conference. And here again, they get another huge victory. Not a lot of us saw coming. Then on the flip side, Nebraska, I mean, you mentioned it last week on the podcast, Casey, and it really resonated with me after I heard it again during the edit. You mentioned that this Cornhuskers team would be right back to where they were entering the Buffalo game if they lost. Well, here we are, and boy, is that so true. This team kind of feels like it's soul-searching again. We'll mix up the order, so we'll go to you first here, Hayden. Give you the first word. Pick either team. Minnesota, they're back in a Big Ten West race, especially after the Hawkeyes' loss. In Nebraska, we've been asking this question all year, but we really still don't have an answer. Who the hell is this team? Let me go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the positives. I'm going to go with the positives. I'm, gonna, I'm in a good mood on a Sunday here. Minnesota, right now, controls their destiny to win the Big Ten West Championship, right? Like, they could be playing in the conference title. And I don't, I don't think any of us really would have thought that, especially after, you know, that close game they had early in the season against Miami, Ohio, especially after losing to Casey's alma mater, Talon's up. Like, it's unbelievable that they're at this point, but, like, their next three games they can win, Maryland at Northwestern, Illinois, they have to go to Iowa. I mean, that that seems right now like the game that's going to decide the Big Ten West, and that's kind of crazy. We're, we're going to talk about Iowa. I don't know what to think about Iowa. That offense is horrible. But there's a chance. Like, they could they could roll this schedule and make it to the Big Ten championship game, which I don't think any of us thought. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. Not only after the two Mac games, but you lose Muhammad Ibrahim too. I thought that guy really could have been one of the best running backs in the entire country this year. But I want to talk a little bit about Nebraska, too. When you look at this Huskers team, what do you do? And, like, are we ever going to really know who the... Yeah, gosh, that's a, that's a great question, Wally. Yeah, I don't know. You would think that coming off of, you know, playing two top ten teams and, and competing with them, really three, I guess, if you include Oklahoma in the last month, that they would be feeling a little bit better about themselves. And then they come out and lay an egg against Minnesota, who we weren't really that high on. Interesting, though, it it seemed like Nebraska never had the ball the entire game. And really, when I looked it up, Minnesota had the ball for 38 minutes that game. That is just incredible. The defense couldn't get off the field. And then they couldn't execute. They they forced Minnesota into two turnovers. I'm not sure if they scored off of those two turnovers. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the box score. They played a clean game. They ran the ball for over 100 yards. They threw for over 200. I don't know what to think in Nebraska. Minnesota, on the other hand, maybe I'll, I'll start to believe in them a little bit. I know I wrote them off after that BG loss. Yeah, it's crazy. They control their own destiny. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the only thoughts that I have on this game. Poor Nebraska. Poor Nebraska is right. I think the reason for me on why I didn't write off Minnesota as early as you guys did 
is that the conference on both sides, you can find a lot of really strong defenses with a lot of really bad quarterback play on the opposite side of the ball. Minnesota's no different. I really like Tanner Morgan. I really like Tanner Morgan entering this year. I thought this offense had the chance to really be sneaky good, but then you lose Ibrahim and Tanner Morgan really hasn't stepped up with how inept the offensive play in the Big Ten, but with how inept the defensive but with how inept the offensive play in the Big Ten West has been this year, you're in this if you give yourself even a puncher's chance. And going into Iowa City for a glorified Big Ten West championship game, I mean, three weeks ago, if you told a Gopher fan that, they would have laughed in your face. Perhaps they still are. Rutgers went to Evanston to play Northwestern, and this was ugly football. This Rutgers team isn't as competent as we thought, or perhaps Northwestern isn't as terrible as we thought. It's probably a little bit of both. I just think that this Rutgers team, that it got derailed when they lost to Michigan the way they did and how difficult that three-game stretch they had. They haven't looked the same since. And then as for Northwestern, really good for them. It was good to see them break out of this rough stretch they had before this, albeit it really doesn't change much. This was a matchup between two teams that are going to have a real difficult time getting to bull eligibility. You are not wrong, Wally. Rutgers has really hit a tough stretch here after starting out 3-0. But I, I, I do agree with you. I think it's a little bit of both as as far as I think Northwestern's a little bit better than what we thought and Rutgers just isn't as good as what we thought. Um, their offense is so, man, these Big Ten offenses, they're, they're so limited. Noah Vedral cannot stretch the ball down the field. They struggled to run the ball. They averaged 1.9 yards per attempt yesterday. And really, when you look at the stats, Northwestern really dominated. They outgained Rutgers in total yards by 180, and Rutgers shot themselves in the foot. They had the only turnover of the game and had 11 penalties for 90 yards. Again, not really sure what to think of, of Rutgers right now either kind of in the same boat as Nebraska. But, you know, those are two teams that are, are really just fighting for bowl eligibility now. Hayden, in a world that one of these teams have to get to bowl eligible, which of these teams is more likely to be playing in the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl? Neither. I don't know. I, I take back all the nice things I ever said about Rutgers on this podcast because I bet on them yesterday. They were a point and a half favorite. I bet on them like actual money. And they were the super lock. Like, it's a double whammy. There is no forgiveness for that. Uh, they're not coming back to me at all this year. I, I, I honestly, I can't believe. Uh, I was, I actually watched this game because I had the super lock and money on it. I actually watched it. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. I mean, it was, th- this was the worst football game I've ever watched in my life, I think. I guess good for Northwestern. Maybe they start making a way towards bull eligibility. We'll see, I guess. <sighs> Rutgers, man. You know how we said say something nice about Illinois? We're going to have to start doing that because I'm looking at Rutgers' schedule. Yeah, they play Illinois next week, but after that, I think they might have four straight losses. Like, they might only win four games this year, which from, you know, a couple weeks, from the first three weeks of the season, we're like, oh, Rutgers might might win a couple, and they might only finish with four. The craziest thing about it all is that we're just assuming they beat Illinois. The Rutgers team we've seen the last few weeks I'm not really sure they can get it done. I'm not sure if. They- oh yeah, that yeah, that's that's not a gimme game at all. That's that's a complete toss up. 
Before we go into our next game here, I just want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by TabEase.com, the best Delta 8 THC edible on the market. Sugar-free, keto-friendly, gluten-free, heat-resistant, and made of 100% pharmaceutical-grade ingredients with consistent dosing to the perfect edible experience. And again, I said it last time, that's so important just because I've had it where I've gone through some of these smaller changes that every single dose is different and you never know what that experience is going to be like. It's not like that with Tabby's. It's the same every single time. The Tabby's company also offers a CBD option with no Delta 8 THC using the same proprietary drug delivery system to guarantee a perfect dose. Right now at tabbies.com offers three different flavors of galactic fruit, watermelon, and mint. But the new flavors and products will be released monthly, so make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at tabeasco. That is at T-A-B-E-A-S-E-C-O to be the first to know when these drop. You can pick these up at tabbies.com with promo code Big 10, that's B-I-G-1-0 for 20% off your entire order with free shipping. All right, guys, our next game was a bit of a shocker. We didn't expect this game to be in too much doubt, at least in terms of the Hawkeyes winning, but Purdue goes into Kinnick and, to be frank, controlled this game. They took the lead midway through the first half and then never looked back. I don't know if you guys had the same feeling I did, but at halftime, I had a feeling in the pit of my stomach that if the Iowa defense didn't do something Herculean, something ridiculous, they were never really going to be able to get back in this game. They simply don't have the horses. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Wally. Um, Scott Petrus is is not the answer for Iowa at quarterback. He just did not look comfortable back there and really, really just a poor offensive performance by Iowa just in general. I'm not sure why they're not giving Tyler Goodson the ball more. He averaged almost six yards of carry yesterday. Their leading receiver was a tight end. That just goes to show how unexplosive that offense is. But I want to give more credit to Purdue because they came out with a great game plan. They got the ball in their best player's hand. David Bell had 11 catches for 240 yards and a touchdown. And then defensively, man, George Karloftis was a beast. I know the stats doesn't don't really show it. He did only have one sack, but he was so disruptive. It was like, uh, now nah, don't take this the wrong way. It was like Chase Young in 2019. Relax. You had you had to double team him. He was disruptive. He was getting in the quarterback's face. I just thought his stock rose um, tremendously yesterday. He had three quarterback hurries. Yeah, there we go. Purdue's defense had four total sacks, obviously through Petrus or got Petrus to throw four interceptions. Aiden O'Connell, who's the guy that I thought Purdue should be rolling with a few weeks back, had a tremendous day, 30 for 40, 375 and two touchdowns. Just an outstanding game plan by Purdue and uh, Jeff Brom. We went into this season wondering if Jeff Brom was coaching for his life. After yesterday, I think it's very clear that we can at least put those talks to bed for at least a while. Hayden, are you looking at this game as a product of what Purdue did, or was your main takeaway that Iowa just simply isn't as good as we built them up to be? Yeah, I, Iowa was bad yesterday. That offense, we I know we had question marks about it you know, before this week. It's, it's even worse. I, I don't know. 
I don't know how I I I don't even know what to say about it. Like it's bad. I also I think we gotta start questioning this defense a little bit. They gave up almost 500 yards to Purdue. I get it. Maybe you have a bad day. But 500 yards to an offense that we were talking about, they're splitting time with three different quarterbacks. It's not like, you know, there's some offensive juggernaut. I don't under, I don't know. I think we built Iowa up way too quickly. And before we got a, a big enough sample size, I know they had some wins early in the season, but, you know, it turns out Iowa State's not that great. I, I, we probably should have hit the uh, pause button just a minute on them. David Bell for Purdue is really, really good. That guy is really good. So I, I will give some credit to Purdue. I mean, that guy had 240 re- receiving yards, which, you know, is a good day for anybody. I kept thinking to myself, because I still think that Iowa, I know we were talking about Minnesota has controls their destiny. I still think Iowa probably is going to win the West still. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I, I kept thinking to myself, if Purdue is doing this to Iowa. What is Ohio State going to do on the on the fast track in Indianapolis? You know, if it got to that point, I I don't know. I, I there's some serious question marks going on here for Iowa. I don't want to negatively overreact to one game the way we sometimes can positively. This game won't erase everything that Iowa has accomplished so far this year. But yes, I am worried. It doesn't have to just be Ohio State that worries me for Iowa. Penn State or Michigan could both pose similar problems for that team. I just think there's such a sizable gap between who we will see as the Big Ten East winner and the Big Ten West winner. That's a credit to the speed and athleticism in the East. I was eventually going to have to get there, get a little faster, get more creative on offense, but I don't know how you do it recruiting in a state like Iowa. It's similar to the discussions we have surrounding Nebraska. You're never going to be the 90s Nebraska's teams again because the game has completely changed. We don't just line up and go at each other, so it's impossible to win like they used to. So yes, I am worried about the Hawkeyes. This week we were talking about the Spartans calling them the biggest pretender at the top of the Big Ten, but Iowa has to win this game. Has to win this game, and they didn't do it. Well, I I have another thing to add, and this cause this might be a whole a Big Ten picture in general. We, we've been boasting about how we've had five teams in the top ten. And I think I mentioned earlier, I, I think maybe two or three of those are going to end up, for whoever does you know win the Big Ten, those are going to look like fake good wins is what I call them. And, you know, Iowa's still probably going to be ranked at somewhere, I would guess, in the top 15. That's still going to be a fake good win because I don't think Iowa's – Maybe I'm overreacting. I don't think Iowa's a top 15 team in the country with that offense. I mean, it's it's. It, I just don't think they can be. I don't think they can beat anybody in the top 15 with that kind of offense. And we, we showed it last week with Sean Clifford. If he was healthy that entire game, they win. So, I'm still on that train. Got some fake good wins coming up for whoever wins the conference. Okay, so my thing about your fake wins thought, though, I think we're getting the benefit that we've seen occur in the SEC for such a long time where you beat another SEC team ranked in the top 15 or 20, that we or the public as a whole might feel is a little overvalued, that turns into like a never-ending cycle as those teams beat each other. You beat them, so you have to be good. Oh, you lost them. Oh, that can't be that bad because they're ranked high. It creates that weird like ecosystem where once enough teams in a conference are ranked like this, you're giving an exceedingly amount of credit. 
And we're just lucky enough right now. We have five top 10 teams in that country in the polls. So I think you'll see Iowa stick in that top 12 range. Okay, go through the top 12. Who are they going to beat with that offense if everybody stays healthy? Because it sure isn't Penn State, I promise you. I want to be clear. I'm not saying Iowa's a top 15 team in the country. I don't even believe they're that good. I just believe that the way the polls work, that they're definitely going to be ranked in the top 12 after this weekend. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you with that. I just they would beat Kentucky. I don't know about that. I I, I don't know. Uh, all right, I think we we need to pump the brakes on the Iowa hate right now because that was a piss poor performance. Yes, I completely agree. And have they been explosive all year long? No, but they did put up twenty three points against a Penn State defense that we think is pretty good, at least. They, they were up, gifted points in that game. I'm just saying that you got to execute it. They put up 51 against Maryland, who had six picks that game. I get it, but you got to you got to execute. You got to score. 24 points against a solid Colorado State team. 30 against a quality MAC opponent. Actually, did you guys see that Kent State just gave up like 65 points to Western Michigan yesterday? Hey, that Western Michigan offense is the truth. Hey, hey, that, that makes Michigan's week one win look a heck of a lot better. Don't forget, too, that Western Michigan team beat a good Pittsburgh team at Heinz Field. Yeah, and Pitt is legit this year. Like, Kenny Pickett is is really good. Yeah, I, I, I think we're overreacting a little bit, not a lot, with this Iowa team. Pietrus did throw four interceptions. I get it. He hasn't looked fantastic all year either. I just think it's a lot simpler. Just give Tyler Goodson the ball more. Dude averages 60 yards a carry. I, I don't understand why he didn't get the ball more. I, I still think Iowa comes out of the Big of the Big Ten West. No, I agree with you that they come out of the Big Ten West. The problem is we're going to slap a Band-Aid on it because the next five weeks they're going to win. And then when they play in that Big Ten championship game, they're going to get exposed again. Because the offense is such a liability in a big game like that. Maybe. I don't know. That's why you play the game. Our last game this weekend, the Army Black Knights went up to Camp Randall to play the Badgers and played them about as tough as you could have hoped for. Wisconsin does win this game, but man, this offense is just so, so bad. So disappointing. I don't know where to even start. I don't even know what to ask you guys. This team is just such a disappointment. Yeah, story Wally. of the Big Ten West. You know, quality defense, poor offense. Same same situation as Iowa. I think I have more concerns with Wisconsin's offense than Iowa's, but Hayden, you can go ahead. Iowa and Wisconsin play on Halloween. Set me the point total for that one. Uh, 38 and a half. Under. I could have told you four, and I think I might go under. You are probably right. I think that game would be 3-0. be 2 nothing, and you'd get the safety involved. All right, well then, Hayden, what was your thoughts on this game then? This Wisconsin offense, we already know, they're, it's terrible. But, I mean, the fact that they kind of let Army back in this game in the second half too, I know that a triple option can be tiresome and really wear down a defense. But, I, I mean, you just watch a game like this, and you try to, to tell yourself, we're growing, we're getting better as the year's gone on. I don't see the improvement on either side of the ball, really. No, and I'm angry at Wisconsin because they scored a touchdown late. 
first of all, they miss an extra point. How, tell me how that happens when you're kicking it from the two-yard line. They, they miss the extra point. They score late in this game to go up by 13. The spread is 13 and a half. No, no, no. I have that backwards. They scored a touchdown to go up by 12. And they kick the extra point instead of going for two to make it a 14-point game when Army was going to get the ball back. And guess what? Army went down the field and scored a touchdown. Like, there was a scenario in there somehow where they lost that game, and it was because Paul Chris didn't go for two, and I'm not going to forgive him for that. Yeah, I was pretty hyped when that happened. Honestly, I thought Wisconsin should have lost this game, especially in the fourth quarter when it was, I think, 13-7. to Army had the ball, and the quarterback got sacked. It looked like his arm was going forward. It was like the tuck rule. I don't know if you guys were watching the game at the time, but his arm came forward. And then he, like, brought his other hand up to to kind of prevent himself from throwing the ball. And they ruled it a fumble on the field, and they and they said it stood. Then Wisconsin put, punched that touchdown in, and Army went right down and scored. Um, so, really, Wisconsin was lucky to get out of this game alive. They had more time of possession than Army did, which is kind of crazy. But, yeah, I, I'm not really sure where Wisconsin goes from here. This is a team that... Gosh, they play at Purdue next week. I'm not sure Wisconsin wins that game. They got Iowa the following week. Is Wisconsin going to be one of those teams that, you know, come two weeks from now, we're saying they're fighting for bowl eligibility this year? Where is that game at? Is that in West Lafayette? Yep. That's a fair question, then. If you were trying to do the guess the line, you'd have to imagine the way Purdue's defenses look this year. That's crazy to say. But the way... Purdue's defenses look this year. You'd have to think they're favored in that game against Wisconsin, right? Oh, shoot. No if, way. If no way. Not, I'm rolling Purdue. I think I'm rolling Purdue either way. I bet right now when that line comes out later today, Hayden, that you're shocked when you have to text us, Purdue is minus two and a half. Okay, let's make a side bet right now. Give me Wisconsin plus half a point in that game. Loser buys each other beer. How about that? I'd do that, Casey. Would you? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely fine with that. I have Wisconsin plus half. Wisconsin money line. It's effectively a pick 'em, which is perfect because I love beer. So that's free beer for you and me, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. Boiler up. And that is going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon, brought to you by TabEase.com, the world's best Delta 8 edible. We'll be back later this week to break down the next week's games. And if there was ever a weekend to show you that you can never just take a week for granted in college football, it was this one. Plus, you have three other top 10 teams coming off a bye in the Big Ten. We expect to have you back. But Hayden, Casey, it's 1 o'clock on a Sunday. You know what that means. You guys planning to watch more football today? Or do you guys have something else uh, up your sleeve, I suppose? I've got some preparation to do for this week's game against East, like I mentioned. But yeah, I'll have back football on in the background. Short week for me this week too. I uh, I get a half day on Friday, which is really nice. Um, I'm thinking about heading home for the weekend and possibly watching some games with Hayden. Or if I can get a, I think if I can get a cheap Michigan ticket, I might go up to that and tailgate because that's always a good time. But really looking forward to this weekend's slate of games. It'll be nice to have some quality offense back in the Big Ten after, you know, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State had a bye week this past week. But, yeah, just looking forward to this week, really.
Uh, I guess that means it's time to hear your Braves diatribe or whatever you got to say, Hayden. Go ahead. How did you possibly know I was going to end with that? Braves won last night on a walk-off. And let me say this. I have been late getting on the Austin Riley train. I was literally calling him a bum at the beginning of the season. I'm sure Wally can remember that. I was calling him a bum, saying he sucks. That dude has a case to be the MVP. Like, honestly, he's been really good. And last night, he just he added to that with, you know, the walk-off RBI single uh, in Game 1 in NLCS. So, I'm hyped. I'm jacked up about that. Um, That's so wrong. It, the fact that you're allowed to get him, to have another potential MVP on a team that already has one, that's just so gross to me. They have like three MV. If Acuna was healthy, he he's he's number one. Freddie's two. Riley's three. And then you're still and that, you know that's why I was disappointed this year because the way it started because they started off so slow. They have so much talent on that team, uh, and the way that the season you know played itself out, I, it just they they underachieved and and it feels like they hit that curve there late and they've and they've really made some some progress. So I'm excited. Game two's tonight. I'm for sure going to be watching that. You know, my bucks are off today. They got the win on Thursday. So another good day. The rich just keep getting richer with you and it just simply isn't right. Give me a break. You know, they're not, you know, Atlanta's not like a mate. It's not like they're New York. You know, you can't just buy everybody. You're not the Dodgers buying the best roster every year. Give me a break. I don't want to hear that garbage. I was speaking about your fandom specifically. You get to go from a Tampa Bay Super Bowl to a potential Braves World Series. You're a Buckeyes fan. They're one of the best teams in football every single year. And shit, I mean, if you watched hockey, you'd be a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Uh, I do have ties to the Lightning organization. I know, exactly. That's what I mean. You'd be a Lightning fan. I mean, and shit, I remember back in class, you would tell me about it before they won the Cups. It's sick right now. It'll come back around, I promise. The Pirates will be good here in about 10 years. That's so great to hear, considering the fact I'm 28 years old and I've never been alive for the Pirates to win a division title let alone freaking see one, just not even alive. I, I hate you. But that's it for us. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you're back here next week for episode 32 of Pigskins and Nylon. Peace.